And just in about 1970, a group that led one of these churches in my own town, a group of elders, left that church and started a different church. That church is still there today. It's a church I was a senior pastor of. It is a vibrant, it is alive, it is dynamic, because they recognize that this group had become so tight, had become so narrow, had become so evil that they were not changing the world and they were not reaching the lost. They were not baptizing people. There was no love. There was no power. They were just closed off to the world and they traveled from being an evangelical group to becoming a sect and a little almost a cult in the way that they
to our listening, to our journaling, to our acts and deeds, devoted to Scripture and to seeing Scripture to change us into models, to our working culture, to our beliefs in confession, our beliefs in freedom, our beliefs that we are delivered people, we are free people, our beliefs that Christ can come and heal the broken hearted life in Isaiah 61. To proclaim good news to the poor, to bring relief to the captive, to bind up the broken hearted, to bring freedom to the prisoner. For this is the day of the Lord's favor. This is Jesus' manifesto. What he comes into the broken world to do is to bring freedom to all those who are in the prison cells of sin and Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed wisdom, their false humility, their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value restraining sensual indulgence. Asceticism. They were beating their bodies, they were holding foods and things back, they were turning away from all things that may bring life, bring pleasure, parenting, the joy of life. You know, Jesus Christ did not come to steal our joy. He came to give us life. He came to give us joy. And I think for many of us, we need to just be reminded again the beauty of the creation that God has given us. The beauty of friendships that we have in life. 
the beauty of intimacy, the beauty of marriage, the beauty of deep friendship, the beauty of parenting and grandparenting and for some of you, great-grandparenting. I don't know, maybe there's a great, 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 I don't know. But don't lose the joy of this life that you share with Christ. I mean, clearly, say, if I look around and said, how many of you feel like you've had a moment with an angelic moment? Probably a third or more would raise their hand that in their life they had a moment when they've gone, oh, that was an angelic moment. But what you didn't do, and I had an angelic moment in Daytona Beach before Hurricane Charlie arrived up until that point, uh, at that time, Hurricane Charlie was the strongest ever recorded hurricane to hit Florida. And uh, Michelle and I, uh, you've heard me tell the story perhaps, Michelle and I were there on sabbatical. The, Josiah wasn't born, Bella was 18 months, and she's now sat on the front row. She was such a good prayer man. She just, you just give her a book and she just prayed all day. It was awesome. In the days when you um, but, no, but, but so good, I remember that scene. And then suddenly everything shut down and Hurricane Charlie came in. And before it arrived, because it changed direction, I woke up and I looked and I saw a light figure in the kitchen. Because we were sleeping in the lounge and the kids were all in the rooms. And I went, oh, that's weird. So I got up to have a look at it, and when I got there, it was gone, and all the blackout curtains were down. I thought, well, that's weird. Well, at least that was an angel. I just didn't like that. I just thought, well, that's not my wife. The next morning, woke up. I said to Shell, I said, I think I saw something at night. An angel. Went to Starbucks at lunchtime. Starbucks was closing. Everybody was running around. They said Hurricane Charlie had changed the direction. It was going to hit Daytona Beach. Locked down. And I went back and I said, I think I know why I saw that moment. Just to say that the Lord was with us and that he would watch over our children. It's a lovely moment. Never had it since. Never had it then. Just that one moment when... Never force me to worship an angel, to pray to an angel. It just made me aware that God has his armies, that angels come in judgment, that angels come in protection, that angels bring messages in scripture, that angels are the warriors of God, that they worship God and they honor God and they do battle. You know, 
But today, angelology has suddenly turned into this kind of Netflix TV shows. In the 70s, when the angels would appear and they were always like cute little friendly people, they do amazing little moments. And they're always there for you. They're always your best friends. They're always helping you. You feel like you can't cope, and the angel comes and he helps you. The angel is present. And the angel is there. And it's like, oh, my angel is my friend. Now, angelology is a billion-dollar business. Where people say to me when I'm witnessing to them and chatting, oh, yeah, I've got an angel who's always with me. And the name of the angel is, I don't know, Fred. And, and Fred is here. And he's always close to me. He's always there. And I talk to Fred. And he's with me. And he's so on. And... And yes, and I know this angel, and it's all very lovely and kind of like, like a, the angels are kind of like a, a distant second aunt who always pops by and does really nice things and bakes cookies for you all the time. You know, you know those kind of people? I find it really interesting in modern culture that the angelic portrayal in the media takes away the focus of the reality of Jesus Christ in a person's life. It is designed to rob people of a relationship with God. Because who should be with you through the darkest times? Who should be with you through the struggles? Who should be there as your closest friend? Who is there aiding you and being with you. It is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the Spirit of God that dwells within us. And what that angelology does in today's society, in the New Age realm, it takes the focus away from God the Creator, the focus away from an intimate relationship with Jesus, and puts it onto this fictitious spiritual being. And really, our focus should always be on Jesus Christ. And this is what Paul's saying. Don't lose connection with the head. Don't lose connection with Christ. Don't lose connection with the body. Don't lose connection with the church. Don't lose connection with community. Don't allow legalism to mess you up. Don't allow your own do-it-yourself religion to take you away from God. Don't allow this, this kind of intense always seeking after high spiritual experiences brought on by hyperventilating or whatever they did to get there. Don't allow that because your vision should always be of one thing. That person in Colossians is Jesus Christ who is supreme. So I thank God for angels in scripture, but my vision is Jesus. Our vision is Jesus. Don't let it, anything disqualify you. Don't let it disqualify you. They have lost connection from the whole body, supported and held together by ligaments and sinews and grows as God causes it to grow. The enemy will do anything to take down stop a church from being outward looking and community focused and the light of God 
disempowered the believers. He'll send them on diversions. They'll lose connection with one another. And Paul is saying that, of course, the translators popped in a, a third chapter next. And as the worship team comes, let me read you what it says as we enter the third chapter. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Hallelujah. And set your hearts on the things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also will appear with him in glory. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Do you have another 45 minutes? We'll get into it. I don't think so. But that's where we land. Not in legalism, not in mysticism, not in angel worship, not in disconnection, but we land. Then you have been raised with Christ. Wow. Wow. This is us. This is what God has called us to be as a church. We are raised.
Wow. 